Hey everyone, this is Vicki, and I am so excited to introduce Legacy Sports Nutrition as the newest sponsor of the Excuse Me podcast. My dear friends, Mickey James and Nick Aldis, have formed this wonderful nutrition line that I am enjoying on my personal time. I am using the She's So Shredded stack, which includes the Femina, the Herminator, and the Flush. And these combinations of pills are allowing me to lose the weight and feel great each and every day, especially with my crazy work schedule. So please go to LegacySupps.com. That is LegacySupps.com. And let them know that you heard this commercial from the Excuse Me podcast. And they will offer you a discount on your order. So go to LegacySupps.com and level up with Legacy. Excuse me! Hey everyone, it's Vicki Guerrero, your host of the Excuse Me podcast. And today, guys, I have a special friend who I have worked with at WWE. And I saw him recently at AEW. And he just touched my heart with his smile, his energy, and everyone got a hold of him and I missed the opportunity to take a picture with him but I have him here on my show everyone please welcome the famous Anthony Corelli <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah that night in Jacksonville was was very special for me and uh I just wanted to come out <clears throat> and check out the atmosphere I, I haven't heard one bad thing about you know the AEW energy and and uh, the company and so I just wanted to check it out my daughter's in Orlando Yes. So I wanted to check out her new apartment. She started at the PC two weeks ago. And um, so while I was there, I talked to Serena. And, you know, Serena and I were roommates for many yes. years. She's at AEW. And there's so many friends there from people from, I mean, from OVW that are still there. And then people from WWE, uh, you know, like, like Jericho, you know, I love Chris Jericho. I haven't seen him in forever. And everyone got like half an hour of time because you have to catch up a little bit. I know there's social media, so you're kind of a little bit up to speed on what someone's doing, but it's never like the same as talking with them. Man, I just, every, I, I would walk out of a room and there'd be somebody else and like, oh my God, and Christian's there, <laughs> Sean Spears, Brian, uh, Danielson, Punk, uh, just kept going on and on and on. Trent Beretta, like honestly, yeah. there's so it was, many people. It was such a pleasure to have you there. Um, so for my fans who may not be familiar with you, you are formerly known as Santino slash Santina uh, Morella. Um, you were with WWE, but we're going to talk about WWE in a minute. But you have quite the legacy of professional wrestling under your belt. I mean, your your legacy is quite impressive. Um, and it's it's so weird not to see you on TV because you're so talented. And I know that you have a home life now in Canada and you have your, your school of battle arts Academy and you have a family, you know, that you're taking care of. Um, what, what's life been so far without, after WWE? Yeah, man. You know, I, I thought WWE was busy, but when I opened battle arts, I opened battle. Arts, I knew my neck was going to be like, you know, wrestling talk. It was going to shit the bed eventually. Right. And uh, so I wanted to have a business that was up and running when that time came. So I would have something, you know, <clears throat> I started wrestling pretty late. I started training at like 28 years old. So before that, I already had a judo career, a university life. I was already a father. I worked in the corporate world a, a little bit, you know, a few years. I knew I was going to wrestle, but you have to do what you have to do with, during that time to pay the bills and you know, child support, etc. Yeah. So, <laughs> the so good old adult things. <laughs> yeah, regular life. Um, so I had like some real life experience before, but because I started late, I had to like bust my tail and make things happen fast. You know, my first match was at 29. All of all of 30, I was in Japan. 31, I moved to OVW and I started learning WWE style wrestling at 31, and I got signed at 32 and I debuted at 33. And I wrestled till like, you know, 42, really. Uh, my contract expired when I was 42. So I was there for 10 years. And, um, you know, in 2013, I opened Battle Arts Academy. And all of 2012, gosh, I was still on the road. And I was designing the gym on like my laptop. And, you know, um, WWE went to Japan 
2000, let's say 11, mm-hmm. and I met with Mr. Ishikawa, who were, I trained at, at the original Battle Arts in Japan. And I, ta- I told him, I asked him, I said, if I open up a facility, he's like, I'll be there. And I'm like, that's all I needed to know. Cause he's an incredible coach, you know, MMA coach, pro wrestling coach, just an awesome guy. And I knew that I would be on the road, but if he was there at the gym, you know, I can be confident about the quality of the education and the value of, you know, the, if I'm going to charge someone, let's say back then, back then it was like a hundred bucks a month. I want to make sure they're getting a top notch education for that money. I want to really provide a good value because that's my neighborhood. It's my community. So with him on board, it allowed me to really sink my teeth and get an immigration lawyer, um, you know, architects, engineers, real estate guys, and really kind of make this crazy gym happen. And I didn't know enough at the time to know that I was opening like a really big, huge gym. And like, so people were like, man, this guy is crazy opening a gym this big. And it had to be because it was a, the gym transforms into an arena. So when when we're not like, you know, the, the mats roll up, the curtains slide out and you put chairs and there's bleachers. So it's really a, a, a functional space. And um, it just took, building it was an incredible experience. So much, you just, you know, I'd be laying in bed at night and I'll think of something like that. Oh, I figured out something with regards to placement and how it's gonna be organized. And I would like get up out of my bed and turn on my computer and, and do something. And, and then, yeah, we opened it in 2013. So then with my neck, I had my surgery and mm-hmm. I couldn't wrestle. It was kind of a blessing because then I was there full time to uh, g- grow the business. And there's so much to do in a gym like this. I mean, each individual program, we had boxing, we have MMA, um, you know, submissions, like, you know, jujitsu, submission wrestling, judo, amateur wrestling, and everything needs its own marketing initiative. It needs its own creative. It needs its own coaches. Then we have the pro wrestling side. We put on our own live events for students. Um, now we rent out our facility for other indie companies to use our facility. So it's a venue as well. There's just so, there was so much work that it kind of, I don't want to say I was trapped because that's kind of a negative thing, but I was stuck there. You know, it was stuff I like to do. I like to coach judo and wrestling, and I like to take my kids to tournaments and I like to put on shows and all that stuff. But all of a sudden it's like, I was working like seven days a week for like so long that when I would get called on the road, one time there was a raw reunion and it was like, I got to the airport and I'm like, oh, I can breathe. I'm on vacation, you know? And then I, and then I, I would see people and they're like, oh, I see battle arts online. It looks great. And I'm like, oh my God, it is so much work. I went from like busy to like crazy busy. And um, then when COVID actually first started, I was like relieved because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get a break. And because uh, they, they shut down gyms for a few months in the beginning. And I, it was like a summer vacation for me. Like I was off. <laughs> I, could, I just stayed home and, and my son. Hey, virus. Was, yeah. My son was a year and a half at the time. And I was getting a little frustrated because I go to work and come home. He's in bed and I missed a little bit. You know, I'm only getting a few hours a day of his time. And then all of a sudden when COVID came, you know, we were together 24 seven for like two years. And it's been a super blessing because once they're four years old and they go to school, you know, time flies with them. You, you miss so much, right? Yeah. So it's been a blessing, definitely been a blessing. And now the gym survived COVID and some of the other gyms that didn't survive COVID, we, we've absorbed the clientele and wow. we're like so packed. We're like more packed than, than ever before COVID. That's so a, a, a blessing again. Yeah, you know, when I was at WWE until 2014, I remember, you know, and hanging out with Melina and, you know, and some, and you just at the table and catering, just talking about all your plans and, and to see it, what it is today is really quite impressive. And you were so smart to have that plan B because believe it or not, when you were planning your gym, I was at this point, I was like, man, you know, I just, I need something else to fall back on because I was a WWE for 10 years and my kids were older and I was like, there's more to life that I want to do. And that's why I went back to school. And yeah. you were one of the very few people, you and Mickey James 
you know, I saw her doing school in the locker room. And then when I saw you building this, I'm like, okay, well, cause I gave them a, a year notice that I was going to leave because I was general manager. And that was like my door, like, okay, I've already put my notice in. Like now wow. I really have to go and, and push myself. And that's so important, especially with COVID these days, because COVID taught everyone a huge lesson that, you know, wrestling could just stop in a heartbeat, you know, with, mm -hmm. with how things are. So I'm so proud of you and how I see battle arts, you know, on your Instagram and how successful you are. Um, it, it's, it's incredible the motivation that you had because, you know, if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it for you. Oh my gosh. You know what? And when you're a business owner, you realize every little thing, like I tried to explain to someone before, I'm like, look around in here, every single thing that you see, I had to do, um, I, from from picking the color of the paint on the walls to putting that vase over there to installing the alarm or you know having someone do it everything if a light bulb burns out it doesn't change unless you change it every little and there's a, there's a lot of maintenance the treadmills down the cable came off the pulling machine the ripping the mat like everything has to be um, taken care of nothing is ever going to fix itself unless unless you do it and you know sometimes one of my challenges was delegating having someone do something and then I'm like, I look at, ah, I wouldn't, I wanted it done better. You know, I wanted it done perfect, you know? And then I, yeah. I started doing everything myself. But um, one of the other things that came around with COVID was that I sold part of the gym. So I have partners now because before it was just my wife and I, and uh, yeah, it was a lot, you know, sometimes 16 hour days, but now that I have partners, and they run some of the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, signing people up and, you know, because a lot of it is you have to have the software to collect the money on a monthly basis to pay the rent and pay your employees and all that stuff. So they're doing all that stuff now. So I got my schedule uh, freed up because you mentioned something earlier too, that there was a lot of opportunities that I kind of missed out on because I was kind of locked there a little bit. And yeah. I, I've, ha I've had job offers and I'm like, oh man, I just, you know, I'm, I'm running the gym. I'm kind of there now, you know? Uh, but now that I have partners, that, that was one of the reasons why I went on the road in Florida was because, okay, it's time to go back to something I, I, I'm doing, I enjoy doing, I'm good at. And because being on the road is that, that sense of freedom of just being on the road. Yeah. I was over it for a long time and I wanted to stay home and I never wanted to leave the house again because <laughs> I, I, I put my bags down in the, in the, in storage and I was like my, my luggage, right. Cause your luggage is like your best friend, you know, you yeah, it's your, home. your luggage, it's your home. So I was so happy when I was able to put my luggage away and said, there, I'm not going to need this for a while. And it took, it took a long time and it took COVID for me to say, we're, Where's my damn luggage? I got to get out of here. I got to get, and, and I go back to the airport and I'm like, oh my God, this is home for me, man. Like the airport, like Toronto International Airport, it's, I was, it's home, you know, rental cars, standing at the Hertz counter, we're getting a car. It's, yeah, food. It's, yeah, everything. Yeah, Denny's, sitting at Denny's <laughs> and, and nobody can understand why I go, I want to go to Waffle House. And like, why? Waffle House. I go, just, I need to go to Waffle House. Okay. Cause I ate there for like 10 years of my life at four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I, I want to go there. So there was, so I'm looking forward to getting back on the road a little bit uh, at some capacity as a commentator now. That's amazing. Yeah. It was, you know, uh, kind of, I enjoyed it. I dabbled in it. You know, a friend of mine, George Iceman who runs destiny, we were kind of, we, we would exchange and he would help me do commentary for my battle arts pro shows and I would do commentary for Destiny, but then I just started really enjoying it. And then I'm like, you know what? You don't have to take bumps. You're you're an integral part of the show. You're calling the action. You know, there's iconic moments where you're going to be the voice for it and saying like, wow, what a body slam or whatever it's going to be. And you're part of history. Yeah. So that that appeals to me, and also enhancing the storytelling, enhancing the perception of the talent. Um, it's just really important and I, and I get it and I get how significant it is and I want to be a part of that. So when I made that decision, I'm like, I have to get good at this. You know, I'm not, I'm not a trained commentator. So it takes reps. You know, I'm, I, I get out there. I've been doing it for a company in Poland. 
I'm doing Destiny tomorrow night again. Uh, I, I did some Impact Wrestling uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, if NXT is a possibility, I'd love to go there and maybe with my daughter there too. Um, and then down, and as I get better, probably gonna take a couple of years, right? To get really, really good. And then uh, I'll do it for another 10 years. That's amazing. Now let's go back to uh, WWE because you worry about, you kind of feel like you're, you're underestimating yourself, mm. Anthony, because your personality and your comedic timing was so incredible to work with. I mean, you, you, you do know that when you came out as Santino or Santina and you came out with the Cobra, the fans truly loved you. And they were waiting for that, that funny moment that, you know, that you were going to create in the ring. Um, I mean, that, what was your favorite memory and how did that come about with that whole, um, you know, Santino, Santina, because I got to experience both in the ring, you know, <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. pretty traumatic. Oh, that's right. When we wrestled the guy, the mat, oh my God, the hog head match or something. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, yeah, well, it's funny being, my character was so different because. It was. People, you know, there's so many cool guys and muscle guys and oil and your trunks. So the people that like my wrestling, it's funny. It's like uh, a lot of the guys, let's say a lot of the boys, the wrestlers, they'll, they'll tell me like, oh, you're my wife's favorite because she's, she's sick of all the muscle guys and tights and she likes the comedy, you know? You don't have to be uh, a wrestling fan per se to enjoy comedy. Yeah. Or I get guys go, oh, you're my grandmother's favorite. And, and the fact that, you know, I was a, one of the smaller guys and I came out of the audience I think people really kind of saw me as somebody that they could possibly be, you know, if, if the stars aligned and, you know, everyone has their moment and like miracles can happen. And I think a lot of people kind of uh, could live vicariously through Santino saying, you know what, you know, if he could do it, you know, I, I can possibly do it too. And, and uh, so I, there was a different connection because when, when I would see fans, Maybe, for example, be like, oh, my God, Randy Orton, oh, my God. And they'd be like, hey, Santino. Like, like, like we're buddies. You know, like, we're, we, we're just friends. So people always, yeah, it was funny. And it was definitely a, a part of the show where, uh, you know, you know you're going to be entertained and you're going to laugh. And I definitely didn't, you know, start out my career to be a comedic wrestler. But when I realized that, that that's what was happening, I go, okay, this is something special here. Because one, you have longevity. Uh, comic relief is an important part of, you know, any any book, movie, uh, play. There's always that little comic relief. So it's it's been around forever, and it's 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 a fun role. And there's a lot of memorable moments. And um, the stuff with Santina started from, you know, that whole gender battle between Beth and I about who's yeah. dominant. And Santina. <laughs> so I, I was supposed to dress up as um, a girl, win the battle royal, and then take off the wig and say, ha, look, I'm a man. See, men are better athletes. But it took on a life of its own where on TV, we never, ever said that Santina, Santino is Santina. WWE never said that. Yeah. So as far as, you know, if you suspend your disbelief, there's two people. <laughs> it's not Santino playing Santina. It actually was Santina in the, in the WWE universe. And, you know, and, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's, it was some of my best acting, I thought, was being Santina. It, you know, it, and you were actually, you were really funny backstage too, as you know, in our personal time, you know, hanging out with you, you really had, I don't think you knew or understood how funny you were. So to be in the ring with you and to not know what exactly was going to happen with you, because, you know, I loved working with you because we kind of went off script a little bit, you know, everything's yeah. by script in WWE. And so to do like, you know, the hog pig match or to, or to wrestle for, for the, the crown of Miss WrestleMania, <laughs> it, sometimes I forgot that you were Santino. I mean, it, I actually saw like Santino and I'm, I'd be like, wait, who the hell is this again? Like, wait, wait, just, let's just calm down a little bit. You know, um, who were your comedic inspirations? Because you did some movies that were comedy. I mean, you know, who, who inspired you to, to bring up, you know, to be funny? Well, it's funny because so my dad is, he's just a big TV guy. He come home from work and we watched a lot of TV as kids. 
and this is the 80s. So I watched a lot of 80s sitcoms. I mean, like Cheers, Night Court, you know, Alf. The Golden all Girls. The, yeah. All the Golden Girl. My, my, my grandmother loves the Golden Girls. Um, all the ones, like, you know, the family ones, like Family Ties and, and uh, oh gosh, uh, Different Strokes and all that stuff. So that is probably a lot of the, the foundation for the Santino comedy was when I watched a lot of sitcoms as a kid, but also where I live. Um, so my, okay, all my friends, their parents are from Europe, whether it's uh, Croatia, Greece, Portugal, Italy, Malta, Poland, my whole neighborhood, the vast, vast majority is all people from Europe that immigrated either as kids or teenagers and now their children, so my friends, are first-generation Canadians. My, da my dad's wow. from Italy. My, my next-door neighbor is Son of Magan Ivan, where I got Son of Magan from. He's Croatian. My <laughs> other neighbor is Spiros. He's Greek. And so everybody messes up the language a little bit. Uh, all the parents have funny expressions. They're, they're, you know, English is not their first language. So I had like a plethora of examples to choose oh from. God. To come up with all just you know funny things my uncle would say funny things you know i used to work with this old greek guy papu and the funny things he would say and i just kind of amalgamated all these different experiences 80s sitcom with all um you know basically my friend's parents and just kind of made it this this character santino so the fact that i was choosing from real life examples and and real people is what made people be able to connect. Oh, but you know, I know someone like that because <laughs> it's from a real person, you know? Yeah, what was, how does Santina come about? I mean, was that something that WWE created or did you say, hey, I can play this other person oh, that can, that you know? Me. Yeah, no, that was Vince's idea to show because Vince loved, you know, glamaz the Glamorella. Yeah, and that the, was you know, so funny. The fact that Santino was desperately trying to show he's the, the alpha in the relationship. And um, so it was his idea to do that. And it was supposed to be only one night only at the, at the WrestleMania where, where Santino won the Miss WrestleMania. But it was so funny to him that she stuck around for like months. I think it was like four months or something. And um, yeah, and then people always remember that. But it's funny because I haven't been on TV um WWE TV in a while and I see people just they'll randomly post things like um I don't know about anybody else but man I miss Santino and people chime in guy he was the best and this and that and it hasn't been the same and just that people just randomly do that it's pretty special it makes me feel good that they miss me and stuff and people are always like when are you coming back man when are you coming back and I'm like you know I, I, I don't know it's I'm doing something I'm doing other stuff you know I yeah, when on my Instagram, when I asked, you know, my fans to submit their questions, there was probably like 60 comments that came in just saying, oh, my gosh, you're having Santina. I love her. Like, or, oh, my gosh, it's going to be Santino. I mean, it was just they, the fans truly loved your character. And it's so great to see that, you know, that it's, the fans don't forget, you know, many funny moments. And so for them to reminisce about those, it's really pretty incredible. The legacy that you have is actually, you know two people but then now with you commentating and having your battle arts you're you're really evolving into many people into one you know common denominator yeah you know sometimes i haven't been doing signings well i haven't been doing anything because of covid but prior to that it's just not my cup of tea you know um one thing that i didn't realize that i wouldn't like so much i didn't like really being i don't want to say famous but I, I, the whole you know, putting people on pedestals because they're on TV type thing. I was just never an advocate of that. I always thought, I go, hey, man, I'm just a regular guy. Come on. I, I have a cool job. But, you know, don't shake when you're taking a picture. I'm just a, just a regular person, you know. I was always an advocate of that, actually. But um, when I go do signings and people, they'll stop and say, hey, man, can I, can I just, I want to thank you for something. And I'll be like, what? And he goes, you know, when my kids were little, and I look around the living room and we're all laughing, you know, like now my kids are teenagers or now they're in their twenties. But back in the day, I look around and we were, we were all sharing a, a hilarious moment and it was because of you. And I just want to thank you for giving my family those memories. And I'm like, geez, man, you're going to make me cry here, man. <laughs> but, 
to be able to do that for somebody and make their family have a, a memorable moment of laughter, like I can't ask for anything more than that, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about your daughter, Bianca, because um, yeah. it, it's pretty incredible. You know, I had my daughter, Shaw, go into yeah. WWE and, um, you know, and to see us as parents, you know, we were the superstars, you know, of that company. And then you step back and you watch your kids go in there. I was terrified for Shaw because, you know, it's the road life, it's the stress, it's the pressure. And, you know, and, and Shaw, you know, you know, gracefully stepped out of it. Cause she's like, mom, it's just, I, I don't, I can't do this. And, you know, there's always that parents love that you have first. And then there's the, all the emotional, you know, tie that you have, you know, as, as a parent to support your, your kid, who's going to be in this company that, you know, how they're going to be treated, how the pressure of society is, you know, and, and I look at you and Bianca, let me let everyone know, Bianca used to go into the ladies dressing room and she would <laughs> camp out there all the whole time during TV. And we would put makeup on her. She would wear our heels. She would put on dresses. I mean, she was part of, she was part of the locker room and to see yeah. her now so grown up and beautiful and holding her own that she's pretty familiar, you know, with the whole atmosphere of WWE anyway. So how, how is it watching her to let go and say, okay, go ahead and, and start your path in the wrestling industry? Yeah. Well, she's all, she's this June, she's turning 27. So oh yeah, <laughs> which, which, which helps, right? Yeah. Because if she was like, how old was Shaw? Oh my gosh, Shaw was uh, probably 20, 20, 21. Like it was, it was pretty early. Yeah. So if Bianca was 2021, 20, I'd be shooting my pants. Be, uh, just because I think of myself at that age and I was immature and I was stupid. And so Bianca was in university and, and Bianca had her bad years too, you know. She had some behavior and uh, drinking and stuff. And, you know, university, she messed up a year. But then, as we she, all do, as yeah, we all oh do. God, I messed up. <laughs> I messed up way worse than that. Um, so, but but she got it out of her system, and now she realizes that, you know, there's something to lose here, right? There was nothing to lose back then. Now there's something to lose. So she, all I ever wanted for her was to be the hardest worker in the room, because when she was a kid, people would come up to me and they're like, "Your child is incredible. I've never seen a kid like her. The way she can speak, the way she carries herself." Um, she won like school speeches, student of excellence, like valedictorian, all that stuff. She was just identified early as a, she was a superstar. And it's a lot of pressure as a parent. You're like, oh my God, this kid's like a superstar. I got to do whatever I can do to, to, to nourish that. Like uh, as the pressure's on me now to allow her or to give her an environment where she can reach her full potential. Because uh, if she doesn't reach her full potential, it's, it's, on me right she's a kid what does she know right she can't yeah. take care of herself uh so part of the reason of me becoming a wrestler was to 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 go somewhere and then reach back and pull her up so she can be a superstar that, that was the uh, original plan that we had <laughs> 18 years ago um we talked about it recently because it took 18 years to to have this plan you know finally happen when she got signed and uh, yeah she's been a part of it her whole life she came to japan with me for a month she lived in Louisville with me for a month and she came on the road multiple times and, yeah. um, and she got hurt once too, you know, when she first started, she kind of landed on her face and her feet came over. So she hurt her neck and I'm like, Oh my God, is this a sign an omen? She shouldn't do this. And, you know, but she got strong she recovered and um, you know, hopefully she got it out of the way and it's, it's the injury. I mean, it's mentally grueling. Uh, time flies. So if she's going to be 27 and she wrestles till, let's say for 10 years, like us, you know, 37, right? This is like prime, prime, prime years of your life. Yeah. And, and, and they fly by, they're, they're amazing. And you like, you do so much, but they also fly by at the same time. And she, she's, she's aware of that. And um, now she's in the best place possible, right? The performance center. She was at FCW, right? Yeah. It was the early, the early uh, performance center. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the, the way they have it structured now, it's almost like a college, you know, they have history classes and acting classes and in-ring stuff and physical conditioning and, you know, promo, like uh, character workshops and everything. It's pretty obviously spectacular. So she's like, I, I call it Harvard. That's Harvard, you know? Um, 
and she's there and she has, and she's in good hands. And they saw that she's somebody that like, let's take our time with this one and let's make sure this one, uh, we, we put a little, little extra care because she has a lot of potential. And, and not just potential to make it, potential to be the next Charlotte or Becky or, or those girls, right? Have a WrestleMania singles match. And the pressure's kind of off a little bit now as a parent because she's there. And now it's up to her and it's, you know, she's, I can't coach her anymore. She's getting coached by somebody else, but I can't wait to get, you know, to go to WrestleMania just as a parent coming to watch the kid. Like, so, I just, I'm going to get such a kick out of that going like, oh, well, hey, Santino, what are you doing here this weekend? Nothing. I'm just watching my daughter. <laughs> you know, she's wrestling. And, and that's, to me, that is going to be the most incredible thing ever. You know, what, what's interesting about this watching you with Bianca is that um, with Eddie, you know, when I when I was dating him, his dad was still coaching him in the backyard, you know, oh, and wow. very disciplined. And I was very green to the you know, to the business. So I thought that his dad was just cruel. Like your dad's so mean to you, you know, but Eddie was like, this is what I need. You know, do you ever like, is it hard to like stop being a coach and, and be the parent or do you, I mean, when you walked into WWE and you're watching her, perhaps like, do you like, well, I could teach her this way. I mean, do you have to have that boundary or are you like after y'all like go to dinner, like, you know, you really should try it this way or, you know, you know, this is what I think. I mean, there's gotta be that hard, you know, line to like yeah. draw. Yeah. In the beginning, when she came to my wrestling program at Battle Arts, you know, she called me dad and I'm like, hey, just call me coach when we're here. Or she talked back. She said, well, I don't know. I go, yeah, I go, yeah, excuse me. You do not talk back here. This is practice. None of these students talk back and you're a student while you're in this class. And it was a bit of a shock for her in the beginning. Like she was upset. Like, why are you talking to me like this? I go, cause you're a student right now. Just be a student. Wow, and, that's, um, that had to have been hard. Well, yeah. And, but you know, she didn't get any special treatment in the beginning. She just had to uh, learn the curriculum. Yeah. And I coach a certain way. Coming from WWE, I know exactly what they want. And I'm training kids um, with all the subtle little details of things that they look for and things that they can, when they see, for example, she did something yesterday and then the coach stopped the class and said, look at the way she's doing it. You know, she's coming with a punch before she takes a bump. She's not just running at them and stuff. And those are all the little details and the little cheat codes I give my students because these are the small details that are going to make someone go, okay. This person knows what they're doing. And because I've, I've been there ringside in every single town when we have locals wrestling and I'm standing beside Fit Finley and, you know, Armstrong and, and Arn and Dean and all these guys. Oh my gosh. And I'm watching them critique the local talent. So I know exactly what turns them off and what turns them on. So, you know, I'm just saving everything in my, my memory bank. And then I just relay that to, to, my, to my students. Like, this is what they're looking for. Um, but now, and, but she also understands at the end of the day, it's whatever Vince wants, right? If this makes sense, yeah, okay. Just know that this is the right way, but then whatever the promoter wants to just do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's so incredible, you know, and I, I, I commend you because it was hard for me, you know, to, Back then, they, things were very different in the training at WWE, you know, so to see, you know, how it's grown and how it's, you know, structured now, it's really cool. And then, but to see you as a parent and my friend, and you have a daughter there, I'm just like, I have to ask, like, it's so important to me because those are just things that it's good for a parent's advice to be spread to someone else that's going through that same situation, you know, to yeah. have that guidance for the kid. Yeah, yeah. Once... Once she's once she's there, you know she's training with like Fit Finley and Robbie Brookside. I'm like, you know, obviously these guys know exactly what they're doing. So I'm like, you're in good hands. Just listen to them. And 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 the big thing is the attitude, right? Like to be somebody. And I had people near the end of my career, um, producers, even lighting guys, camera guys, and they'd be like, hey man, you were always so easy to work with. You never had a boo boo face. You never said, oh my God, we got to do it again. Or, or even producers like, you know what? Because there was times when I went out there and lost in three minutes to an up and coming kid. And they go, you never complained. You never had a boo-boo face. And I was told, you know, like, listen, 
it's a pleasure and a privilege and an honor to be here. Even when it's crappy, it's awesome. And when it's awesome, it's amazing, right? Every single day, and I was, I'm five foot 10. I was 33 years old when I debuted. I was already beating the odds. So, and a lot of people are not grateful that they're there. They have a bit of entitlement. And when you have a sense of entitlement, you look at where you want to be and you look at where you are and all you focus on is what's in between there, where you focus on where you're not. Yeah. And I always said like, I, I, I love it here. I, I hear guys in the locker room complaining, oh, you know, they obviously made their mind up on the new guy and nothing I can do now. And I go, guys, you're professional wrestlers for a living. We're pretending we're fighting, traveling the world, getting paid a lot. Like, this is awesome. Just don't forget, it's awesome. You know, a lot of fans would, you know, they'll come up to me and they're like, I can't, be, I can't believe you did the hog pin match. And, and there was a fan who was in the front row when we did that. And they're like, yeah, we saw the pig shit in the, you know, in the mud. And then you guys came out and wrestled in that, you know, and, and the food fights. And if I said no to everything that they wanted me to do, my character would not have, would not be where it's at today. Because, you know, just like, you know, Eddie taught me a lot of things about, you know, it's, it's what you're going to do with, with what they give you and do yeah. it at a hundred percent. And if, the, if one fan can go home laughing or remembering that one moment that they saw you do something in the show, that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, and to see that, and to see that when, you know, when we had that hog pin match, I had to wear a formal dress and I just remember like, there was like mud, like in my ass and <laughs> under my armpits. And I yeah, was just toes. like, it, it stunk so bad, but you know, to have Chavo there and you there, I was like, this is really like, who gets to do this? You know? And it, it was such a, a fun moment that I know that there was like a story behind it, but I was like, when do I ever get to like, do this, you know? And, yeah. and to, and to see that, you know, like with Vince say, this is great shit, Guerrero, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that awesome. Yeah, you know, that's, it's just having an open heart and whatever it is you're going to be given, then make that everything that you can for that, those two minutes or four minutes. You, you pushed Stephanie at the end too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was so she, gracious. She I mean, was awesome. I mean, we didn't find out about that until like later on, like maybe an hour, be, you know, two hours before we were going live that she was going to actually, you know, let me throw her in. And I was like, I'm so honored. Like, you yeah, know, she, she didn't have to do example. that. Well, I'll give you a perfect example of what you just said. When uh, it was one of the Royal Rumbles and Dimalenko was like the, the agent and, and uh, he goes, okay, you're coming out number whatever, 17. He goes, it's, you know, it's going to be, going to be quick. It's going to be in, <laughs> in and out basically. And uh, I said, well, can I ask you a question? Can I try and break the record? And he's like, okay, I'll have to get a confirmation on that, but I'll ask. And then, you know, like an hour later, he comes back and he goes, we're good. You can try and break the record. And I was like, okay, wicked. And that was when I obviously broke the record. But I took a ne potentially negative, like, you know, just a in and out, nothing spot. And I turned it into a record that still stands. And uh, I made lemons out of lemonade. And, and, and that's, that's, like you said, the way people, whatever you're given, you do it a thousand percent. And sometimes it may be just a, you know, maybe time got cut, you have a three minute match, but you do something that's, you know, people remember forever. Yeah, that's true. Now you have two little kids by your wife, Anna, is yeah, a, Anna. a bikini fitness competitor and she is stunning and gorgeous <laughs> and your kids are beautiful. How, how has life been being, actually you said more busy with your school and raising two little ones and then having oh your God. wife who has her own career, where do you finding the balance? Because I know that COVID slowed us down, but now things are opening up and you're traveling and you're starting new projects. How, where's the balance with y'all two trying to keep that, you know, momentum of, of spending time with the kids? Yeah. Well, right now my wife and I had a talk and I said, look, so Marco is my three-year-old boy and Milena is my seven, eight month old daughter. So I just told my wife, go look, man, just don't worry about, work right now this is a such a short period of our life where we're going to have these little babies at home let's just you know let's just focus on them for a while and um but we actually had a life-changing so when i sold part of the gym 
to uh, Dave and Adam, I moved, we moved up north. We just, we had this fed up with the city moment and we moved an hour and a half up north and we live on like just near Georgian Bay and we have like uh, chickens and we have like acres and we live by the beach. So we have oh this very, God. very different, very, very, di- I've never lived in the country my whole life. I've always lived in cities, whether it was Louisville, Tampa, Toronto, Tokyo, Montreal. I, 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 uh, I never lived in the country and it's amazing. I didn't, I love it. I absolutely love it. So the kids are growing up in the country and yeah, now that, so I'm, I, you know, I'm going back to work and doing stuff, but I, I really don't want my, everything at home is good right now. So it's good. Like I said, it's going to be really quick. So we just want to stay home and, and uh, enjoy every single second of these two little ones. So yeah, Bianca is, Bianca was 24 when Marco was born. Um, wow. and, and she was 26 when, when Milena was born. So there's a huge gap. Um, you know, Bianca and I joke that we, we grew up together because she was so young. I was so young when, when I had, I was right in the middle of uh, university. I was like, she was born in 95 and I went to school from like 93 to 97. So she was right in the middle. And, uh, and these, so I didn't even know what I was going to be when I grew up, when I had wow. Bianca. And now I'm like kind of semi-retired-ish. Um, like it's just a whole nother life, really. It's a whole, they get a whole nother version of me. Uh, like when I had Bianca, I lived with my parents, you know, uh, in between university semesters. And, um, you know, now we were more established and we, we have, you know, have a family home and everything. So it's just, you know, my daughter, when, when my daughter was born, I could do like 30 backflips, you know what I mean? And now I got to go when I get up. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's, they're getting very different versions of me. Uh, I don't know which one's better, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which one's better, but it's interesting. They, they you know, they're, they're siblings. Uh, and, and the crazy thing is, so Bianca grew up, obviously she's watching me on TV and she goes to school and the kids are, oh my God, Santino's her father. But now her siblings are going to go to school and they're gonna say no way. Bianca's your sister, um, so yeah. So she gets to be the hero for her siblings now. That's amazing. So, Santino, oh Anthony, I always call you Santino. What's next for you? Do you have any? Are you gonna be commentating AEW maybe, or are you? Are you gonna be? Are we gonna see you anywhere that we can? You can let us know now where the fans can watch out for you. Um, I, 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 I'm kind of. T- working out where it's going to be. So I have a couple options. Uh, I don't think AEW would be right now just because my daughter's at WWE and I yeah. want to do something in the ring with her eventually one, one day. And, uh, but you know, later when she's super established and she has her own thing, cause you know, JR and Shivanti, uh, they're not going to be there forever. So I, I would come over when I'm in the future, when I'm more polished. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I missed. The, what was the first part of the question, sir? Oh, just um, you know, where do you have any appearances coming up oh. where the fans can you know look out yeah. for you? So yeah, the scary part, and this is kind of the scary part. You know, like you know, some people have uh, vision boards where they write yeah. down their goals. I, I don't actually write them down, but I have like my visual board. And commentator is like my last one. <laughs> I've done everything right, and it's literally commentators. I'm like, okay, so after I become a commentator. Like what's next? I, what's after that? I don't know, but I'll, I'll be a commentator at the highest level eventually. Uh, it may take a couple of years to get, because you have to find your character. So a commentator yeah. is also a character. Yeah. And uh, doing commentary as me is it's kind of hard, you know. But for example, if I want to go out there and be a heel commentator, all of a sudden it's so easy because you you know what you're saying and you just kind of can go back to that that mindset. Yeah. So, I have to develop my on-screen uh, character and that'll come in time because when I left WWE, I was working for Sportsnet on a show called Aftermath. And in the beginning, I realized I had never really spoken on TV without my accent, you know what I mean? And I had to develop my Anthony Corelli analyst voice and, and demeanor. And uh, excuse me, I would watch it back. I just ate so much sushi. That's why I keep burping, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I eat so much. I'm honored. Oh, yeah. I, was, I just couldn't stop. Um, and I watch it back and I'm like, oh man, that's kind of like, 
a little bit boring, you know, like I got to be more lively. And then you watch it back and go, okay, a little more lively. And then you realize that the more energetic and lively you can be, there's almost no limit to it. It really comes across well. So that, that was a learning experience. And now as a commentator, you know, I listen to it back and I'm like, oh gosh, I got to be, I got to be a little more excited, you know, and then you listen to it again. And, and then, and then I did one recently for destiny where I was like way too excited. Like, oh my God, what a headlock. You know, like, it was just a little too much. So I had to it back and I'll find my groove. I have no doubt that you're going to be so successful with commentating because you you're so knowledgeable and you do have a lot of personality and I wouldn't underestimate yourself. I mean, I, I have confidence in you. Oh, thank you, Vicky. That means a lot to me. Yeah. So where can where can fans find your school information to sign up to? Yeah, Battle Arts Academy. Uh, we are in uh, Mississauga. So Mississauga, so the Toronto airport is actually in Mississauga. So that, that's where we are. We're by, right by the Toronto airport. Um, and, you know, if you want to be an international student, get a bunch of friends, get an Airbnb, come up for a few months, we'll train. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, just recently I started taking a couple of bookings, you know, across Canada and some, some conventions. So kind of looking forward to getting out there and meeting some fans again, shaking hands again, you know. Um, I'm doing the Niagara Falls Comic Con, which I've never done before. So that's kind of cool. And that's really all that's coming up right now. Oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm sorry. I'll be in Long Island at a, oh. at a toys, Hostel Toys. I don't even know the dates of that stuff. And so but, where, what email can, can a promoter use to like get a hold of you? Um, you can message me on Instagram and stuff. I don't really take a lot of, I don't really take a lot of bookings, to be honest. I, um, I try and do one a month and that's all. I don't, I just, <laughs> if you start getting a lot, I'll become your manager and I just keep promoting you. <laughs> yeah. I, I no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't take them. I mean, like I don't, uh, I, I decline a lot because I, I just, uh, I just want to stay home. I don't know. Yeah. I just want to stay home and I want to go. So for example, in the winter time, I want to go skiing all the time. I want to go, like I live really close to a nice ski hill. So, uh, or I want to go camping or I want to go like do all this stuff that I used to dream of when I was wrestling, like when the weather's nice, I go kayaking, uh, wow. we go fishing, hunting, all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to take bookings. <laughs> I can't do that stuff. Then but I, you can't have fun. That's not yeah. fun at all. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go once a month. So anyway, my 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 uh, Instagram is the Milan Miracle, and uh, you can see what I'm up to there. That's usually I think I'm more active on that than Twitter, even though Twitter's like a million people, but I I, I don't tweet as much. And that's at Milan Miracle. And Instagram is the Milan Miracle. So between those two, you can either contact me or, or see what I'm up to. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that, that's about it, I think. Anthony, what does the Milan Miracle mean? What's the significance oh, of that? Oh, the night I debuted when I beat Umaga for the championship, it was in Milan. And, uh, and JR coined it the Milan Miracle that a fan came out of the audience and beat the Samoan bulldozer Umaga. And um, it was it was dubbed the, the miracle in Milan. That's so incredible. Was, yeah, you know, when Twitter first came out, I just picked Milan Miracle. I don't know why. And it's just been my, uh, I should probably put my name or something. But anyway. I love it. it. I, I mean, I always remembered it. You know, when I look you up, it's it's easy to remember. Yeah, and it, it was, it was a miracle, man. It was, it changed my life. It changed my family's history it changed my all my like it changed everything that night changed my entire life forever because that's, of one one amazing night so that's um, amazing anthony i am so honored to have you on my show i wish you so many blessings with you and anna and your family and bianca to see what she's going to do in wwe and with your battle arts academy you're just you're just crushing it. And I'm so, I'm so honored to be able to promote you with my fan base and to uh, just have you take some time out from your busy schedule. I'm honored. And I can't wait to get a picture with you next time that I see you. I'm going to stop everything you're doing. I don't care who's talking to you. I'm going to get my phone out and take a picture. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, me too. Absolutely. You know what? Yeah. I'm sure we'll obviously see each other again, hopefully sooner than later, because the last few years kind of went by really fast without seeing anybody. So I'm going to be actively and intentionally being out and about more often. So I'll be seeing people more frequently. 
Well, I can't wait to hug you again. And I'm so proud of you. And thank you for the memories that we shared in WWE because when the fans come up, I wish you were there to, to listen to how great they loved our 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 ring stuff together and our hog pin match. I mean, it, without you, it wouldn't be enough of Vicky Guerrero. So thank you so much. Oh man, thank you. I love you so much, Vicky. Thank you, Anthony. And um, just, uh, I look forward to hearing from you and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get you out there and promote you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again. Me too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. There you have it, everyone. Another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. I want to thank you for your support your feedback, all your emails that you guys send me. Y'all have great ideas on guests and I am working on them. And I'm so excited that I'm on season three. This is such a blessing for me. I love doing this each and every week. And I just want to remind you to please spread the word. Let your friends know, your family, have them download my podcast, like, comment, subscribe, whatever it is they can do. I feel the love and I feel the support. Please check in with us next week as we have another exciting guest. Take care, be well, and excuse me!